ours in Christ Jesus. We praise and we bless and we are blessed with all spiritual blessings. Rakoto kule na mangle de boza kile de mahanta. Le borokoto sketele de brina gadangle de bondo goluda baya nakato lodo borokoto sketea. Le gadongo lodo moja yengi manangle ne manta. Nengranda suko lodo brina ketole de baya. Le katoko luta bayanta kile ne mangle de borokoto sketele de brina hatana. Father we bless you this morning and we rejoice that we have another opportunity today today to learn of your word to be equipped by your word to grow in the knowledge of Christ we thank you Lord that even as your word comes with clarity your people are built up and equipped this morning thank you Lord that no one will be restricted or limited by any demonic or satanic interference clarity upon clarity in the name of Jesus thank you Lord that by the end of this service nobody lives the same way they came we rebuke sickness and disease and every yoke and every oppression of the enemy. Thank you Lord that your word comes with clarity and it will not come back void but accomplish your purpose. We give you praise for answered prayer in Jesus precious name and every believer is a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven let's release our faith together as we say these words I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says that amen like thunder. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all of you that are listening all over the world, our house centers and all our campuses. It's a joy to be able to come together today to fellowship in the light of God's word. And we're excited to be here today. It's yet another 30 days of glory continuation today in this service, and we're just excited. Can you give the Lord Jesus the greatest shout and the glorious celebration in this building? Glory! Amen and amen. <clears throat> you know, I want to make sure you grab your notebook, your pen, your Bible. We're going to have an exciting time of study this morning. And you can be seated with your sweet, smart self. Glory to God. <clears throat> All right, we are on the series, you know, um, the 30 days of glory. Soterios is in seven. And we've been looking at the legal and vital work of salvation. The legal and vital work of salvation. We are still laying foundation before we get into the heart of this teaching. And it's important because sometimes the foundation, depending on how high the building is going to go, sometimes the foundation could take quite a bit of time. The book of Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 2. In fact, let me start from verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse number 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip, or lest at any time we should drift away. Next verse. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and every disobedience received a just recompense of reward, the word spoken by angels. Next verse. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard. Like I always say, so it seems, you know, from what we have just read, there are two things he's dealing with here. The first one is the word spoken by angels. 
How do we know that they were words spoken by angels? Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Wherefore then serveth the law, it was added because of transgressions, till the seed shall come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Ordained by angels. Alright? So there is a dispensation where there was a law given which was ordained by angels in the hands of a mediator. And the mediator was Moses. And who appointed Moses the mediator? The people appointed Moses a mediator. And Moses engaged angels in his being a mediator over them. Look at Acts chapter 7 verse 35. Acts chapter 7 verse number 35. This Moses whom they refused saying who made thee a ruler and a judge. The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. By the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. Look at the same Acts chapter 7 from verse 51. Acts chapter 7 from verse 51. You stiff naked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost. You see that they resisted the Holy Ghost as their fathers did, so do they. Next verse. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers. Next verse. Who have received the law? Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. You know, so the, the, the children of Israel were given the law of Moses by the disposition of angels. And they didn't even keep the law because they were not wired to keep the law. The law was beyond their capacity. The law was not what they could keep. And the reason for the law was because they rejected the offer of God. They rejected salvation. So that's why the writer of Hebrews now says, If we also reject salvation, how shall we escape the law and the punishments that come with the law? Get back to the book of Galatians again, chapter 3, verse number 11. Pay attention. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Next verse, verse 12. And the law is not of faith. The law is not of faith. The law is not of faith. And the man that doeth them shall live in them. So if the law is not of faith, that is why the law was given by the disposition of angels by the man called Moses. Why did he give them the law? Why did he give them the law? Galatians chapter 3 verse number 17. In fact, let's start from verse 16. Galatians chapter 3 verse 16. And to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. The promises. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, unto thy seed which is Christ. Next verse, 17, now pay attention. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ. The covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ. The law, the law, which was 430 years after 
cannot disannul. It cannot disannul the promise. That it should make the promise of non-effect. Look at the next verse 18. Pay attention now. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. If the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. God gave the inheritance to Abraham by promise. So the law was an interruption of the promise because of the hardness of men's hearts. So Moses gave men the law because men rejected the offer of God. So the law is the law of Moses, meaning the covenant that operated under the law of Moses was a man's covenant. Was a man's covenant. Observe verse, verse 19. Give me verse 19 of Galatians chapter 3. Wherefore then, served the law, it was added because of transgressions. It was added, the law was added. It was not the original. It was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Give me verse 20, verse 20, verse 20. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Verse 21, 21. Is the Lord then against the promises of God? No. God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. If there was a law given that can give life, there will be need, no need for Jesus. Next verse. Please pay attention. But the scripture had concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Are you following? Next verse. <clears throat> but before faith came, because the law is not of faith, the law is not of faith. A man under the law is not living by faith. The law is not of faith. So Moses gave the law to faithless people. Moses gave the law to people that didn't believe God. Moses gave the law to people that rejected God because the law is a man's covenant. The law is not of faith. But Moses by faith. Moses by faith. That is why Moses did not operate under the law even though he gave the law. He gave them the law. He operated by faith. And he was righteous by faith. They tried to be righteous by the law. And by the law shall no man be justified. By the law shall no man be justified. Are you still following here? Look at Romans chapter 10 so that you can have clarity. Romans chapter 10 verse 1. <clears throat> Romans chapter 10 verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Next verse. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. Zeal without knowledge can end you in idol worship. Next verse. Verse 3. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Next verse. 
For Christ, glory to God, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So those that are in faith don't live under the law of Moses and are not subject to the law of Moses. Because Christ is the end, is the termination of the law for righteousness. So you don't attain righteousness by the law of Moses. You attain righteousness by faith in what Christ has done. Are we still in the building? That's what brother Paul will say. And be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law. But the righteousness which is of God by faith in Christ. Because the reason why I'm taking them to do this this morning is because from the question and answer segment of 30 days of glory, people keep asking. But you say angels give the law. But you say, how did the angels? Did the angels act on their own? All of that is because they do not understand some of this foundation we're giving now in the cause of this teaching. Are you still following here? Remember, we established that the law originated actually from Abraham's house. Abraham was given a promise by God. God told Abraham, your wife will bring forth a child. Isaac was a son of promise. But Abraham did not believe God. So Abraham decided to produce his own child independent of God. And the child that Abraham produced, he produced Hagar, Ishmael. Ishmael was the origin of the law of Moses. Because Ishmael is a work of the flesh. The law is a work of the flesh. The law is given to people that do not believe the promise of God. Isaac was God's promise. Isaac was God's word. Isaac was God's plan. Ishmael was man's plan. That is why the law is a man's covenant. God only has one covenant. God doesn't have two covenants. God is not dual in nature. He will not have one covenant for Old Testament people and have a different covenant for New Testament people. No, that will make him a God who deals dual. God is consistently, constantly constant. His covenant has always been one, which is the promise he gave to Abraham. And that is the promise that Jesus fulfilled. So the New Testament, New Testament interrupted by the law, which was man's covenant because man refused to believe the promise of God. Are we understanding? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So since man rejected the promise of God, Moses gave them laws and he made the laws difficult for them to keep so that they will be defeated and they will cry out for help the mission of the law is to bring a man to the end of himself the mission of the law is to make man's efforts useless and that is why the promise of god is christ jesus Romans chapter 8 verse 29 now. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. Glory to God. Romans 8 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we establish that it is foreknowledge that precedes predestination. That God determines his will for man without man's contribution. Man determines to believe God with his own contribution. That is the story of salvation. God decided before time 
that his will for man will be independent of man's contribution. And all man is required to do is to believe. When you believe in what God has planned, when you believe in what God has spoken, when you believe in what God has done, in that he raised Jesus from the dead, you are saved. Independent of whatever you do. And that is what the legalists will hear and say, you people are saying that anything anybody does, it doesn't matter as long as he believes in Jesus. Well, that is exactly what it is. But when Jesus comes in, you won't do anything you want. Because you will no more live for yourself. You will now live for him who died and rose from the dead. Are we still in the building here? Yeah. But no matter how good you are, doesn't make you righteous. And no matter how bad you are, doesn't make you righteous. It is faith in Christ that defines righteousness in God. Are we together here? Faith in Christ and what Christ has done. Because the law, the law never makes any man righteous. The law never justifies any man. Justification is by faith in Christ. Can somebody shout hallelujah? God and his word are one. So if God says something, believe him. If God says man choose, that means man can choose. God does not lie. What he says is what he means. And what he means is what we call the truth. So when we are preaching the gospel, we are giving men their rights. When we preach the gospel, we are giving men their rights. The gospel does not force people. The gospel only shows people their right to believe God, their right to receive Christ, their right to be righteous by faith in what Christ has done. Now, please pay attention. Different people can, can react differently. Some can accept, some can reject. So the destination, therefore, irrespective of man's decision, is in Christ. Not in individuals. God's plan is Christ. God's choice is Christ. God's election is Christ. How do you become the chosen one? When you come into Christ. When you come into Christ. So no preclusion, no exclusion. Whosoever believes, whosoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life. God's election is in his word. That is his desire and that is his delight. The word of God is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. So when man was created, before man fell, God's will was determined. When man was created, before man fell, God's will was already determined. God's will was already determined to be in Christ. And dominion was in that will. Dominion was in God's will. Look at Genesis 1.26. Pay attention. Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Next verse. And God, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Next verse. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. 
That is God's plan and purpose for humanity. That is God's plan and purpose for humanity. So whatever happened after that was not God's plan. Whatever happened outside of that that we just read now was not God's plan. But yet, in God's plan, he determined to save men. That is the beauty of creation. That God had a plan that man should be in dominion. But where man rejected that dominion and fell, in God's plan, he made provision to save man in spite of man rejecting his plan. That is the love of God. He made a plan to accommodate man's excesses and failures. Look at John 6.44. Look at John 6.44. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Except the Father which has sent me draw him. Draw him. Observe. Look at me. So the dead pay attention a carnal mind will see it as jesus is seated beside the father then when you want to come the father will block you and then if the father like you he will draw you now that's not what he's saying he's just telling you that anyone that comes to me is because the father has determined it you cannot come to Jesus just because you like Jesus. Uh -uh. You come to Jesus because that's what the Father has determined. That is why he said, no man. He didn't say some. He said, no man at all. So now the question will be, how does the Father draw men? Since no man can come except the Father draw him. How does the Father draw people to himself? How does God do it? Look at John 12, 31. John chapter 12 verse number 31. Now is the judgment of this world. And now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Next verse. And if I, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. If I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So the death of Jesus is how the father draws. The death of Jesus is how the father draws. Many don't know this because of how we use scripture. You know, the way the church has used scripture over the years has made the message to be lost. You hear people sing, lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus higher, lift him up for the world to see. Now, when, you, when, when those songs are sung in the church, it gives an impression that the more we, we, we lift Jesus, we carry him up, we carry him up, the world will see him. But that's not what it means. That's not what it means. It's not carrying Jesus up. Where will you see him to carry? Where will you see him to carry him up? It's just lack of sound interpretation of the scriptures. You know, and, and simply because it is now a song, we lose the substance of the song. So how does the father draw people? He says, if I be lifted, I will draw men. How? John 12, 33. John 12, 33. <clears throat> this he said, signifying what death he should die. This he said, signifying what death he should die. So how will the father draw? The father draws men through the death of Jesus. The father draws men through the death of Jesus. 
Again, the draw is not a pool. It's not like pulling men. No, it is how does God call? How does God call everyone to Jesus? He calls everyone to Jesus by the death of Jesus. So, that means God determines salvation through the death of Jesus. God determines salvation through the death of Jesus. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse number 4. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. How will he have all men to be saved? Through the death of Jesus. Through the death of Jesus. So, God worketh all things by the counsel of his will. He worketh all things by the counsel of his will. There's an active part of God's word. Because God's word, God's will is an activity. God's will is an activity. It's not a man sitting down and wishing. The next verse will explain how God wills that all men be saved. Look at that first Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. What is that desire of God? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. God's desire for man to be saved. Since it is God's desire. What God did was to pay a ransom. Look at verse 6 of First Timothy chapter 2. Chapter 2 verse 6. Who gave himself a ransom for all? Who gave himself a ransom for all? To be testified in due time. A ransom for all. So that ransom is for all, not for some. No preclusion, no inclusion. A ransom for all. That is, God's desire is for all. God's desire is an activity. It worked out in his actions. God didn't just sit down and desire. He desired and expressed that desire in that he gave up Jesus to die. Why did Jesus die? To draw all men to himself. Why? Because Jesus is a ransom for all. Jesus is a ransom for all. Please pay attention. Jesus is a ransom for all. So God's desire again is an activity. And it is worked out in his actions. You will see God's will in his actions. Look at God's actions. That, that is an activity. Or God's desire is expressed through an activity. What activity? He gave his son a ransom for all. So on the cross, we will see God's desire in what he gave. On the cross, we will see God's desire in what he gave. So it is not who receives it. It is what he gave is his will. The will of God is not who receives. The will of God is in what he gave. So whether you receive or not, God has expressed his will in that he gave Jesus a ransom for all. Are you understanding? He gave Jesus a ransom for all. So the will of God is in what he gave. Is in what he gave. This is what God does. 
Anything contrary to that is not what God does. God gave Jesus for all. He gave Jesus as a ransom. It is the same word, redemption. Ransom is you pay a price. Ransom deals with a price. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Who of God is made unto us wisdom. Who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus is made unto us the prize. That is why he is that redemption. Redemption is the word to buy back or to pay a price. To buy back. To buy back. Look at Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. That by means of death, for the redemption, the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So it lets us know that the price that was paid is eternal. The promise of eternal. That is, the price that was paid is eternal in value. Eternal in value. That is, when we speak like this, people think we are saying, God doesn't know everything. But that's not what we are saying. What we need to know is that God gave us what he promised to give in Christ. Even the son of man, when you hear Jesus say things like, you know, even the son of man does not know the day nor the hour. It, it, it makes it look like, so does God not know everything? When Jesus said that, he was in his humanity. And as a man, he didn't know everything. He also learned obedience. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. Why? He was 100% man as though not God. And 100% God as though not man. And I have a reason why I have said this because in a few minutes, you will understand why I had to, you know, interject that in. Now, so the price God paid was that expensive. That expensive. It took him all that he had. It took him everything that he had in value to pay the price for the redemption of all men. It took him everything that he had. This is what God does. God gave Jesus for all. He gave Jesus as a ransom. Some word, I mean same word where we get redemption. Ransom. Something you pay. So redemption is the price paid. And that price paid is a person. That price paid is a person. Jesus is the price paid. Let's see something. God's will is in a person. God's will is in a person. The moment you leave that person, Jesus, and you start looking at individuals, you miss it. 
God's will is in a person. It's not in individuals. God's will is in a person. It's not in individuals. So if you are looking for God's will, you must find that person. When you come into that person, you come into the will of God. It's not in individuals. That's why there's no exclusion and there's no inclusion. God's will is in a person. Has God made available to all salvation? Yes. Has he sent us to everyone to preach the gospel? Yes. Can anyone be saved? Yes. So that is God's will. God's will is in the person that we preach. God's will is in the message of his son. That is God's choice. That is God's election. God's will is not your will. God's will is not your will. That's the difference. And that is where you now find faith, you find obedience, and you find submission. So Jesus paid the price. Please listen carefully. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Take note of the word corruptible things. If your Bible was mine, I will underline the word corruptible things. We are looking at the term redemption. Salvation refers to what God desires for us. Redemption is how he worked it out. Salvation is what God desires for us. Redemption is how he worked it out. I repeat. Salvation is what God desires for us. Redemption is how he worked it out. And one of the things he did was to pay the price. When we say that the Bible is in the light of redemption, what we mean is that reading the Bible, looking at God's plan and what was paid. The Bible in the light of redemption means looking at the Bible as we read, locating the plan and what was paid. Question. What was paid? What was paid. What's the value of what was paid? Well, the value is really how we should look at the object. The value is really how we should look at the object. Many people don't get to see themselves in the light of that value. Many people don't get to see themselves in the light of that value. They value themselves in the flesh. They don't value themselves in the light of redemption. You must see yourself in the light of redemption. That is, I am not worthless. I am so expensive that it took God himself to buy me back. That is what was done. First Peter again, chapter 1 verse 18. Please pay attention. First Peter. For as much as you know 
that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. I'd like you to take note of the word corruptible things. You, you were not redeemed with corruptible things. Mm. The word corruptible means perishable. You were not redeemed with perishable things. But with incorruptible. Being born again. Not of corruptible seed. But of incorruptible by the word of God. Redemption is not by corruptible things. Put it up again. Something just popped up as I was speaking in tongues just now. We are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, perishable, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. You are not redeemed with corruptible things. Stay with me. Corruptible things. So, the doctors have told us that blood can perish. Medical science have told us that blood can perish. Blood. That is why blood expires. Blood. I'm talking of the red liquid in the human body. Blood expires. So, blood is perishable. Blood is perishable. I'm going somewhere. Blood is perishable. Look at verse 19 of First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1 verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamp without blemish and without spot, not perishable or corruptible things, corruptible things, medical science told us that the red liquid in the human body perishes. So we are now redeemed by corruptible things. But by the precious blood of Jesus. But remember, liquid red perishes. But by the precious blood of Jesus, as of a lamb without blemish. So our redemption is with the incorruptible blood of Jesus. Our redemption is with the incorruptible precious blood of Jesus. So, the blood of Jesus is the price paid for us. The blood of Jesus is the price paid for us. It cannot be destroyed and it cannot be altered. It's not the perishable liquid, liquid blood of Jesus. Not the perishable red liquid blood that was inside the body of Jesus. That blood is perishable. Which means the blood of Jesus there, which redeemed us, is not the liquid red. Because the liquid red is perishable. Not with corruptible things. Perishable. But by the precious blood of Jesus, as of a lamb without blemish. When the Bible says Jesus 
carried his blood to the holiest of all. Which blood did he carry there? Remember he has already told you it's not perishable blood. Because of carnal men they gave the Passover so you can see the blood. The Passover was given to carnal men so that it can symbolically be used to explain to them the price paid by Jesus. The Passover. It was a communication with carnal men. With men in unbelief. With men that have no revelation. With men that are not born again. So, when you see blood, it represents life. Blood represents life. Let's look at the scriptures well. Luke twenty-two nineteen. Please stay with me. Luke 22, verse 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave unto them saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Can you have body without blood? Can you have a body without blood? No, it's not possible. So when he says my body, it means it includes the liquid blood. So when he says this is my body, a man's body is with blood. And when he said this is my cup, which is shed for you, in the Passover, Jesus begins to let them see the relevance of the elements. Blood, body, body broken for you. Blood is for you. Body for you. Blood for you. So the natural mind look at those elements instead of getting the lesson he is communicating. Just like the communion table, like, you know, the rebranded communion table. People talk about bread and blood, you know, and to them it is bakery bread and tasty time. And brother Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 took time to help people to see what he was saying. All right. 1 Corinthians 11.23. Pay attention. I'm going somewhere. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Next verse 24. And when he had given thanks he broke it and said take it. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now look at Luke 22.19 again. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. So brother Paul was quoting brother Luke. Brother Paul was making reference to what brother Luke told him. So when he says, I have received of the Lord Jesus, what he was simply saying is, eyewitnesses who met with Jesus told me this account. Eyewitnesses who met with Jesus told me this account. So now when he said, do this in remembrance of me, he is not saying, remember me or give me a memorial service. Mm -mm. He was talking about a Passover meal. Jesus pointed them to the substance of what they were doing for years. 
What he was telling them is that that body you eat, that bread, all those things you eat as your Passover are all indicators of me. What Jesus is saying is, I am the substance of that practice. What you people were doing was a communication to you that pointed to me. I substantiate that practice. Meaning, I am the one the Passover was pointing to. It was not about eating. It was about a communication to reveal me to you people. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about here. Yeah, that's what Jesus was communicating to those guys when he was talking about the price paid for redemption. He was talking about, you know, what he did for them. And the, 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 the carnal man, instead of seeing the message, stays with the food. He, he focuses on, you know, the food. And then brother Paul was teaching the Corinthian church that they were not doing it with the knowledge. That is, they were carried away by types and shadows and they have lost the message. They have lost the message. So brother Paul was talking to the church in Corinth. And if you remember, when brother Paul started talking to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, and I could not speak to you brethren as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, because you are babes. You are carnal. So because you are carnal, I'm going to use symbolic things. I'm going to use figurative expressions to talk to you. Because I cannot speak spiritually. I cannot speak the words which the Holy Ghost teaches. Because you are carnal. And then he explains why he said they were carnal. He said there's still divisions among you. You people are still fighting among yourselves. Some of you say we are for Paul. Some of you say we are for Apollos. There's division. So that division is an indication that you're carnal. And therefore, you cannot handle spiritual reality. So I will reduce it from spiritual and use carnal things to teach you. Are we in the building here? That's why I started talking about broken body, talking about blood, talking about all that. He was using symbolism to teach the church at Corinth. He was not endorsing Holy Communion. He was not endorsing Passover. It was a, com a mode of communication to reveal Christ to this church. Are we in the building here? Yeah, that's what he was doing here. And I'm taking them to do this because this is salvation we're dealing with. And this is very fundamental because we're talking about, you know, um, the price that was paid to redeem man from the hold of the enemy. Remember again, you are not redeemed with corruptible, corruptible, corruptible. You are not redeemed with corruptible. Meaning, there is no life in bread and tasty time. There is no life. Meaning, if you're eating bread and drinking tasty time, you have not understood the message. You are still in the same category with carnal people in the Corinthian church. Because it was a mode of communication. It was not an endorsement. You are not redeemed with corruptible, perishable. It's like Christians who use anointing oil. How can you be using oil for spiritual realities? Are you also without understanding? Have you not read? You can't be using oil. You have the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. You have the Holy Ghost. The anointing which you have received of him abides in you. The anointing is inside you. Christ in you. What is Christ? The anointed one and his anointing is in you. You don't need a bottle of Goya oil. You're born of God. You have the life of God. You're redeemed not with corruptible. You're redeemed not with corruptible things such as silver and gold. Now, so brother Paul was teaching this church at Corinth. He was communicating to the church at Corinth. You know, they were, they, were, they, were, they were carried away by bread and wine. And then they were dying and getting sick in that church. And Brother Paul says, the reason why you are sick 
and weak and die is because you do not discern the Lord's body. He didn't say it's because he didn't say you're sick and weak and die because you're not eating bread and wine. Uh -uh. He said you're not discerning the body of the Lord. And what is the body of the Lord? You are the body of the Lord. What it means is the reason why many people are dying in that church is because there is no brotherly love. People are not loving. People are not reaching out. People are not showing care. People are not showing love for one another. So out of negligence and out of callousness and insensitivity to one another, people are weak, people are sick, and nobody cares for them until they die. Are you understanding? That's what Paul, what Paul was teaching the church at Corinth was the love that exists in the body. We are, first of all, he said, you are the body. You are one body. Then he says, you are one bread. You are the bread. Oh, glory to God. You are one bread. You are one body. He's not talking of bakery bread. He's talking about we are the bread of Jesus. We are the body of Jesus. Alright? So if we do not look after one another and take care of one another, if we neglect one another and we are insensitive to one another, we create room for Satan to come in and make people sick among us and make people weak among us and even kill some people among us. He was talking about love. He was not talking about eating things from bakery. You eat that every day in your house during breakfast. Okay, and that's enough for you. He's not talking about coming to church again to eat another bread. What you're eating now from what I'm teaching is the real bread. This is the bread of life. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. I thought somebody would shout a powerful amen. Are we in the building? Please stay with me. So the death of Jesus was for their benefit. Now, so Paul brings revelation there. In 1 Corinthians 11.26, pay attention. 1 Corinthians 11.26 For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. What does he mean by till he comes? Till he comes. Till he comes. Look at 1 Corinthians 10.5. 1 Corinthians 10.5. Ten, give me ten, 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 seven, ten, seven. First Corinthians ten, seven. Neither be idolaters, I were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Next verse. Then let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand in the wilderness. They did not. They were not sensitive. They were not walking in in revelation. Neither let us tempt Christ. As some of them also tempted and were destroyed. They tempted and were destroyed of the destroyer. Next verse. Next verse. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Next verse. Now all these things happen unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So, both bread and the wine speaks of the death of Christ, the ransom for sin. But the carnal mind sees bread and tasty time. But if you look clearly at the scriptures, you will see that the blood of Jesus is incorruptible. Bread and wine from bakery is corruptible. Okay? The blood of Jesus is is incorruptible. 
Now remember, we have said that man is spirit, soul, and body. He has a body. And God is a spirit. God lives in a body. Jesus, the body. But Jesus was spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. That is Jesus. Jesus' body was broken for all of us. But remember, his body never saw corruption. His body never saw corruption. Jesus' body was dead. But his body never saw corruption. You will not allow your Holy One see corruption. Alright? So what happened to the blood inside Jesus' body when he died? His physical blood dried up. His physical blood dried up. Look at Leviticus 16 verse 8. Pay attention. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats. There were two goats. One lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. Two goats. Next verse. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering. 10. But the goat on which the Lord fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. Alright? Into the wilderness. Come to verse 21. Luke 16, 21. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions in all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. So two goats. One goat is sin offering. The other goat will be separated and presented alive. First goat, sin offering, will be killed and destroyed. Second goat, they will lay hands on the goat and confess all the sins of Israel on it and make the goat responsible for Israel's sin and be released to escape. Look at verse 21 of Leviticus 16. Please follow me. Leviticus 16, 21. And Aaron shall lay both hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions in all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. Into the wilderness. Alright? So the first one will be killed. The first one will be killed. The second one will be presented alive. So the blood of Jesus is incorruptible. But we see that the body of Jesus was destroyed. But his blood is incorruptible. Look at 1 Peter 2.23. Please pay attention. 1 Peter 2.23 Who then, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Next verse. Who his own self 
bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were healed. So Jesus bore our sins in his own body. So Jesus was our sin offering. That is why his body died. Because one goat will be killed as a sin offering. The other goat will be released to go alive as scapegoat. So Jesus' body bore our sins and Jesus' body died as our sin offering. Are you following? His body died as our sin offering. So his body was broken for us. Broken for us. Does it include his red liquid blood? Yes. Remember, there are two goats. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. But Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, glory to God, but by his own blood, he entered. By his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Verse 14. Verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God. Offered what? Offered what? Himself. He didn't offer liquid. He offered himself. Alright? Put that scripture up. Offered himself without spot to God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Look at Hebrews 9.24. Pay attention. What did he offer? He offered himself. Alright. Hebrews 9.24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands. Which are the figures, symbols of the true. But into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. He appeared. He offered himself. He didn't offer liquid. He offered himself. And he appeared. He offered himself. So himself is the blood. He offered himself. He offered himself. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 7.27 Hebrews 7.27 who needed not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. When he offered up himself. So what appeared in heaven? His spirit. What appeared in heaven? His spirit. 
He offered up himself. So what appeared in heaven is his spirit. Remember, he appeared for us. So that spirit of Jesus is what we refer to as incorruptible. The spirit of Jesus is incorruptible. That is why the spirit of man cannot be destroyed. It was separated and not destroyed. But the body was destroyed. Two goods. His body bore our sins destroyed. Grief. His spirit, his spirit, the scapegoat. The spirit of Jesus, the scapegoat. Am I communicating? So, listen. Jesus offered himself as a ransom for us. Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, you will soon see what I'm doing here. <clears throat> I'm walking. It was, Peter said, his body bore our sins. Peter handled the body. Paul handled the spirit. Second Corinthians 5.21 Paul handled the spirit of Jesus. Second Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be seen for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus' spirit was offered incorruptible for the sins of man, mankind. He appeared before God for us. Peter dealt with the body. Paul dealt with the spirit. So when we refer to the blood of Jesus, we are talking about his person. We are not talking about liquid. We are talking about his person. We entered into the holiest of God. By what Jesus did. The indestructible offering of Jesus. Is his spirit. So second goat. Was not. Was not to be killed. First goat. Killed. Second goat. Appeared for us. We are redeemed. Therefore. By the humanity of Jesus. He became sin for us. Glory to God. Jesus is our scapegoat that came alive and presented himself before God. Our scapegoat, Jesus is. So, know that there are two parts of the elements. We are not redeemed by dropping blood. You know what I mean by dropping blood? Because some preachers preach that when they beat Jesus and blood came out, that was the blood that paid for sin. No, that couldn't be. That's red liquid. And it perished. And we are not redeemed by corruptible, perishable things. So it's not that liquid that paid for sin. It's he himself. Is it clear here? He himself. Not liquid. So that's why there is no life in drinking Ribena. Because there's nothing. The real deal is he himself. Are we in the building here? So when I teach you Jesus, what are you receiving? Communion. When I teach, you are receiving the, the body and the blood via the spirit of Jesus communicated in his word. Is it clear here? That's why we don't eat elements because there's no life in them. 
Life is in a person. And he has put that life in his word. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. And they are life. The life of God is in his word. So, Jesus didn't just be a sin. He became sin for us. He is our scapegoat that came alive before God. So, Paul said, by the spirit of God, and as often as you do this, you show the Lord's death. Was he talking about physical or spiritual? Spiritual. That death was twice. Physical, destroyed. Spiritual, he was made sin. He, he rose from the dead and presented himself to the Father. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So listen quickly. Let me give you this before I close this service. So that means, listen carefully. That means, that means, that means that the spirit of Jesus at a point was without God. Keep that some. Because redemption is spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. So that means there was a time the spirit of Jesus was separated from God. So that means that when Jesus went into the grave, he went into the grave without God because he has become seen. That is what it took God to save you. That is what it took God to save you. He became sin. That we may be made the righteousness of God. So when I say I am righteous, I say it without any touch of apology. Because when Jesus died, he didn't die apologizing. Yeah. When he died, he didn't die apologizing. He died well. I am also righteous well. <laughs> Glory to God. I am the righteousness of God. Jesus is made unto us righteousness. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. He took my place in death. I take his place in life. He was rejected. I am, I am accepted. He was separated from God. I will never be separated. Never. 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 God and I are in, in, in an inseparable union forever. He will never leave nor forsake me. And that's why when he rose from the dead, he says, I am with you always till the end of the earth. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. He lives in you right now. You live in him right now. You are bone of his bones. He is flesh of your flesh. You and the Lord are one spirit. I thought somebody would stand on your feet and shout glory. Yeah, he lives in you. You live in him. And you know, he said, I will never live nor forsake you. He, he says, in him, I live and move and have our being. And he says, I will live in you. I will walk in you. I will be your God. You will be my sons and my daughters. And I have news for you. He's in you right now. Oh, I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, these are the realities that makes redemption so real that the devil cannot corner you and punish you with sin consciousness. The moment this reality is dawn in your consciousness, the devil is ended where your life is concerned. The moment you understand the things I'm teaching, you won't even mention Satan except there is a need to mention him. Maybe to help somebody. He becomes insignificant because he's been defeated. The devil is defeated. Is he defeated? Or will he be defeated? He has been defeated 2,000 years ago. And he's under your foot. You are seated with Christ. Far above. Not barely above. Far above. 
principalities and powers and you are in authority here. They that receive the abundance of grace, which is the gift of righteousness. What do they do? They reign in life. Are you the one reigning or the devil is reigning? You are the one reigning. You are in charge. Somebody shout, I'm in charge. Say, as long as I am in charge, the devil can do nothing while I am here. I didn't hear a powerful amen. I am in charge. It's not up for debate. I am in charge. I have received the abundance of grace, which is the gift of righteousness. What do I do? I reign. I reign over sickness. I reign over disease. And I reign over circumstances. You know, yesterday in the teaching, I ended yesterday by saying, you don't die by force. You die by choice. You remember that? Yesterday night I said, it is not God that determines how long you live here. It's not God. You determine. You stay here as long as you want to stay. And you live when you want to live. Brother Paul said, I'm in a street between two. Whether to go or to stay. Should I go or should I stay? Death, come, come, stand there. Stand, stand there first. Should I go or should I stay? If I go, I will be with Jesus. If I stay, I'll be useful to you. Death, go first. When I'm ready, I will look for you. Brother Paul stayed around, moved around, had a fun time. And then one day, Brother Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. But even then, he didn't die. He was still writing books. Even when he says, I have finished. Somebody say, you know, when you finish, you have to die. It's a lie. You can finish and still be around if you still want to be around. Brother Paul finished and he was still around writing books. Is it true? Then one day, Brother Paul said, I am now ready to be offered. It's time to go. <laughs> and when he said it's time to go was when he left. That, that is to show you that how powerful the will of a man is. That is to show you how powerful the will of a man is. Can I be honest with you? Some of the people that have died from coronavirus... One of the things that killed them is the isolation. One of the agents that killed is that isolation. Because when people are in pain and they're isolated, it means they have been abandoned. And especially those that are without God, their lives become totally hopeless. Then what am I living for? You know what I'm talking about? And some of them can't withstand the stigmatization. So they just give up. But there are those who fought through. Who said, no, I will outlive this virus. I will outlive it. Not even people that have God. There are people without God by their willpower. They overcome things. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. Then talk more of Christ in you. Talk about Christ in you. You are in charge. You are in authority. Somebody shout, I'm in charge. Somebody say, I'm in authority. Somebody say, I'm in authority here. Say it again, I am in authority here. Let me tell you, if God determines how long you live on earth, then it will also mean that God determines who to be saved. But since God does not, it leaves it to the will of a man. You determine how long you want to stay here. And you determine what you want to do with yourself. The choice is yours. I choose to live. Because I have a lot to do. And I will do a lot for the kingdom. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Can we give the Lord a shout in this building? Oh yes, just get excited. Glory to God. Oh my goodness. Are you excited or what? Is that how you get excited or what? Glory! Woo! Glory! Somebody shout, I reign in life. Lift your right hand. Father, we decree this morning in the name of Jesus. 
we take our place and we maintain our place and we reign in our place and we rule in our place sickness disease and all that the devil offers is under our feet in the name of jesus and we declare in the name of jesus anyone that the enemy has been bombarding on the negative satan lose your holes in the name of jesus we resist you we we resist you in the name of jesus get your hands off of god's property in the name of jesus and we declare that you walk in your realities you walk in your authority you walk in your dominion and you reign in life great grace is upon you today i pray above all else that the revelation of jesus grows big on your inside until nothing else matters thank you father for grace thank you father for your word and thank you father for the blessing and we rejoice because this is our reality in christ jesus and thank you for victory that is ours all the time victory that is ours all the time victory that is ours all the time i speak to somebody that is at the verge of giving up you cannot give up you cannot give up greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world hey hear me again i speak to you in the name of jesus you cannot give up now greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world you live a victorious life and when you decide to live this world you live victoriously you live victoriously no defeat for you no defeat for you no defeat for you in the name of jesus metola kerena koloda sakela lebato 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 in the world you shall have tribulation but 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 be of good cheer i have overcome the world legato mengalaya whatsoever is born of god overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith so i speak to you go ahead and win over circumstances and situation in the name of jesus thank you father thank you father thank you for victory we reign and we win in jesus precious name and every believer shouts that amen on a note of finality glory are you blessed this morning well good to see all of you this morning some of you have not seen you in this building for five months <laughs> but good to see some of you here this morning amen all right grab your offerings when we preach the word we, we take offerings to honor christ but listen before we take the offerings the next service we're going to go live on all platforms including radio and all of that and in the next service, which is 11 a.m. when I'm done teaching, you know, then we will go to the next set with Mr. Bush and we will answer questions and interact and open phone lines this morning. All right? So you don't want to miss the next service for anything. Get more people, especially people that have been disturbing with questions. Ask them to tune in. Ask them to connect and ask them to email and shoot their questions to 30daysofglory at gmail.com. 30 is 30, 30 days of glory. One word. 30 days of glory at gmail.com shooting your questions and we're, we're gonna treat them in the next service but it's a joy to have all of you in this service are you blessed this morning we give in honor and we give in 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 celebration and in response to what god has done and as a ministry every time we teach the word we honor the word we honor the word we are a people of honor and we honor the word with our substance. We honor the word with our givings. And we give sacrificially. We give intentionally because we have the nature of our father in us. 
Our father is God. He loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That nature is in each one of us. When we hear the word, we honor the word through our givings. After all, what do you have that was not given to you? And I want to use the opportunity to thank all our partners and friends. People who have supported this ministry tirelessly. People who have given to this ministry and continue to do so. Bible says you gave once and again and you've been given unto our necessity. Our necessity is the preaching of the gospel. I want to thank all of you, especially also those who have supported and are still supporting the 30 days of glory. I want to take up the offerings and pray for everybody. So all of you, whatever you have, you want to give, we'll take up one offering. Both your kingdom investments, your offering, your partnership, your support to this ministry, we take that offering just one time. So grab all of your offerings. Online, there are banking details, scrolling. You can also do yours by bank transfers. All our house centers and campuses and everybody, I want to take up that offerings right now and I want to pray. Lift it up to heaven, Father. Thank you for everybody giving in honor of Jesus. We give joyfully, we give willingly, and we give intentionally and honorably for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And thank you that our offerings are a sweet smell before you today. Now I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice around the world that God supplies all your needs according to his riches in glory. That this week you have favors with men. That this week your business transactions and your jobs are favored by God. You have ideas, concepts, and insights. Your going out is blessed. The work of your hands are blessed. And in the name of Jesus, you have solution and direction. You are not confused. Money commit to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise for the blessing over your people. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer shouts that amen like thunder. Glory to God. Hey guys, you know we love you. Always a joy. Our house centers, we live in the able hands of house pastors. And our campus is in the able hands of campus coordinators. And everybody else at 11 a.m., the next one hour or so, one hour and, and, you know, about an hour, 30 minutes from now, I'll be live again as we continue teaching on the legal and vital works of redemption in 30 days of glory 2020 season 7 are we excited this morning hey guys we love you connecting with you then in the next few hours we love you guys enjoy the rest of your day and be blessed let's celebrate viewers around the world glory to god hallelujah amen jesus is the sole carrier jesus is the perfect imprint the pleroma the corporate headquarters of the godhead jesus is the executive carrier of the father so if you don't know jesus you don't know the father you can never know the father outside of Christ. church in the air and church online so this antique that he used on adam was deception Join Doctors Abel and Rachel Daminer as he brings you sound Bible study through the month of July and 30 Days of Glory 2020. Exegetically examining the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Salvation, 
in Christ. Date from 5th of July to 2nd of August 2020. Time 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. from Mondays to Saturdays, 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sundays. Book up live on our Facebook and YouTube page and also live on Kingdom Life Network TV on my TV or Strong Decoder and live on Comfort FM Oyo by 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Mondays to Saturdays and 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Sunday and live on Inspiration FM 105.9 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily. Be a part of this program. Don't miss it.